Welcome to the River Rain Show. I'm your host, Catherine Allen, clairvoyant medium and astrologer. Tonight, we will share great music, movie clips, short stories, or quotes, all on our theme of this week. So grab yourself a tea, get yourself comfy and warm, sit back and be soothed by the music, the inspiration, and the introspection. Welcome to the River Rain Show.
Good evening and welcome to the River Rain Show. Tonight we have a special guest, which is a friend of mine from high school days. And uh, we caught up again years ago when Facebook was born, of course. And then I discovered that around 40 years old, she decided to take up running. And she's run the New York Marathon. She's run the Boston Marathon. She's run other ones that are even longer than those. And running has just become a whole part of her life. So I'm bringing on my good friend Val Georgiev Hobson in a little bit for an interview all about running. But it's not running. It's actually about the marathon mindset. How do you put yourself in the mindset for the long haul? How do you handle when things get difficult, when things get painful, when you want to just quit? And we're going to talk a lot about how this is woven in tonight with where we're at in the, in the world with the COVID virus response, because a lot of people are, um, obviously, everybody's been feeling scared and they were feeling caged up. And then all of a sudden things open and maybe a bit too fast in some places. And everybody is sort of unleashed. And then you have different camps of, you know, whether people think this is 911 scary still, or whether people think this is, no, nah, it's manageable, or whether they think it's a hoax. <sighs> and it's all human, and it's the first time that we're all dealing with something global like this, and it's normal that there's a wide variety of response. But in my opinion, not out of this woods yet and we need to think about the long haul and we do need to still keep being careful um, with our hand washing with our mask wearing uh, with our social distancing and and just find a way to live but also live cautiously so there's a lot of things paralleling you know I'm not the first one to make a parallel to the marathon mindset I just really wanted to talk to this evening to somebody who actually runs, who actually runs, who could tell us um, more in detail, you know, uh, with, with that level of experience running, um, how, to, how to manage your mind, how to manage your, your time, your body, um, to get through these times because we never know what life will throw at us. And even if it's not COVID-19, it might be something else in your life where you are in a period um, of, um, you know, intense change or sacrifice or something else that there's no quick time and there's no definite time it's going to be done. There's all kinds of ways the marathon mindset applies in life. And so I'm also going to talk tonight a little bit about that whole aspect of uh, compassion fatigue. You could call it adrenal fatigue too, because we've all been like scared, scared, scared and bombarded with stuff with the news. So um, we're going to go into that as well. And I have a TED talk for you uh, that should be interesting for that. And of course, good music as usual. And I hope by the end of the show or somewhere during it, you can sort of feel in your own 
body, in your own energy field. Ah, okay. This is the this is the stance. This is the mindset. This is the thought. This is the mantra, whatever. This is the song that's going to help me get through this time and navigate the, these times. So, stay tuned for for Val. I want to also just of course bring up some of my usual uh, announcements. Um, I believe I brought it up last week, but I'll bring it up again. I I decided when everybody else opened up shop around middle of June, you know, hair, hair salons and things, that I would give it a try and bring clients into my studio office again. But sadly, I found it was not an easy experience. It wasn't, I didn't find it went very well. I had people resisting wearing masks. I had people feeling panicky wearing a mask and wanting to take it off halfway through. I had people showing up who, you know, had some sort of level of exposure maybe th just three weeks ago and didn't think to tell me this. And I thought, no, 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 no. I don't, I always err on the safe side. Um, I don't stop my living my life and going out, going outside or doing things we need to do or, but I do err on the cautious side when it comes to health. And so I, I really, um, didn't feel good with that. And I'm, so for now, um, I'm only seeing people who are my long-term clients in person if they really insist on it in person. Um, most people are really good with things online. And honestly, I've been doing readings and coaching and Reiki and stuff online for years now all over the world. Some people I've never met. And it, it really doesn't affect the accuracy of the session. Um, when you can tap into energy, um, you don't need to be physically sitting across the room from each other. And... It was an awful lot of, there's an awful lot of stuff that I would have had to implement in order to protect the space that um, I think psychologically might have made things feel weirder than a computer screen. So I'm leaving it at that for now, and that is my, my COVID procedure update. So I'm available online, I love working online, and it works great online. So... Anywhere you're hearing me from, you can book with me, and it's very flexible that way. And for long-term clients uh, who I've known for a few years or more, you're welcome to come in person, since I know you. Alrighty, um, the next uh, announcement I have is that I'm um, offering an intuition circle, uh, intuition coaching circle, this coming Sunday for the new moon. So... July 19th, Sunday afternoon, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. Um, I read from my book, which is called A Little Bit of Intuition, and I pull even just a paragraph or two, and you, we go around and share how that, how that applies to your life or what questions it brings up, and then I coach everybody, and it moves fairly organically like that. From, from there, we always get into really great discussions, and um, by going into more more specific detail, it's actually helps people helps people learn um, how to how to access their intuition better and how to trust it more. I'm sorry for all the pings and dings tonight. Everyone in the world is suddenly messaging me right in the middle of my show, so I'm sorry about all the ding, all the all the little noises. Um, 
I, I broadcast off my laptop and it's pretty hard to turn all of this stuff all off. <laughs> so the other thing is um, part of the intuition circle is that everybody does get a chance at the end to pose a question to the group and you will get feedback from the, from the group. So the coaching, uh, the coaching circles are more about learning and developing, not about coming because you want a free reading. You have to come because you want to be developing yourself and you're willing to look at yourself. Uh, and then I, I can help you immensely and the group will help you immensely too by, by the like-minded energy of, of uh, people coming together who are trusting themselves. It's, it's pretty beautiful. So if you want to come, I'm doing them now. I'm going to do them every new moon and every full moon. So our new moon, I believe, is the 21st of July. I have to double check. It's the 20th or 21st, um, and the new moon will be in Leo. And, uh, yeah, I like to align things with the moon cycles because it's another whole consciousness to be aware of your lunar cycles um, instead of a week uh, calendar system and thinking like, uh, oh no, it's Monday. Oh great. It's the weekend. Um, I let that go many, many years ago, uh, because it puts too much commercial pressure on everybody about what day has to mean what, and what has to be done and what. So I go by the lunar cycle. And to me that connects everybody on the planet by the same moon. Um, so for the new moon, come on out and join us for an intuition circle. I'm going to play you now our song of the week, and then we're going to head straight into the interview with Val. can do is keep breathing 
today with uh, a high school friend of mine actually Valerie Georgiev Hobson and um, I wanted to talk to her today because uh, she began to run um, and she started doing marathons including the Boston Marathon and some that are even longer than the Boston Marathon and New York Marathon and uh, did it all from 40 and over so I really admire that and I wanted to hear from her some tips on mindset because we're we're in this covid uh period for a while and it might feel like a 42 kilometer run to some of us or a marathon so i'm hoping we can um pick val's brain a little bit today i wanted to first say though before i bring her on that um my main memory of of, of val with running was a uh, high school track around i don't know maybe grade 10 or something 15 and uh you know we would get out and we would have to run the 400 meters and all the girls were like halfway done when val was crossing the finish line like a gazelle you were always like 200 300 meters ahead of the of everybody in class and so i'm sure you were running like 400 meters in a minute 10 or something back then I remember my dad, who was a gym teacher there, telling me, if you can run the 400 meters in a minute 15, you're doing good, kid. So I was shooting for that. I couldn't quite get it, and Val was always like at least 100 meters ahead of me. Do you re Welcome, Val. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, I do. I remember high school track for sure. Yeah, yeah, good times. Thanks for having me here, Kathy. It's nice to see you and nice to, nice to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. So... I, it was my impression, I guess, because I uh, reconnected with you later in life in Facebook, I would have thought you never stopped running because I remembered how much you ran in high school. So uh, can you take yeah. us through, uh, you know, your, your history with, with running? A little yeah, bit? sure. Uh, I actually was, grew up a swimmer. So I, I, was, right. I was a competitive swimmer through uh, probably from age 10 to 18. That was kind of my, my real start in sort of organized sport. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the swimming probably helped, you know, facilitate some of my, my abilities in running. The, the cardio was, was there. And um, so that, and we sort of 
did a bit of running as, as a cross training um, sort of exercise. Oh, so interesting. Um, yeah, my, my, you know, and then after high school and university, I, I, I did carry on with swimming through university, but um, it was after I had all my, my kids. I have three children and yeah. stayed home for 12 years and, you know, didn't really get, get a chance to get out and, and, yeah. and stay active like I, I wanted to. So, you know, I started thinking, I got to get, get back to something. And, yeah. you know, swimming came with a few um, sort of logistical issues, pool time and what do I do with the kids? Do I take okay. them with me? Yeah. How can I do laps or, you know, I can't go early in the morning, etc. So I thought, you know, I'm going to start just going outside. It's, it's easy. You know, if mm -hmm. when my husband gets home from work, I can take an hour and just go, go for a walk. And then I started walking and then I thought, well, you know, this is great, but how, like, how fast can I walk? Like if this is, <laughs> maybe I can push a little. Yeah. So then I start, you know, maybe I can run from here to that other driveway and then maybe I can run three blocks and then stop. And then it gradually just kind of grew from, from there and, uh, and became something that has become such an integral part of my life uh, yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. So I, what's, I, your, what's, your, what's your discipline around your running look like now these days? Oh, I, I, I run every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, it varies. Uh, I do train fairly hard for marathons. So a marathon training program is, um, it, it, it encompasses all kinds of things like tempo runs, um, days where you do intervals, like a track session where you might do 400 meter repeats or, or 800 meter repeats. And then just building distance on some days where you just go out and you run 10k and then you run 15k and then you run 20k and you build your distance up so mm -hmm. you know I, I i run every single day usually one day one day break um but every other day i i try and get out this year of course is is a little bit different in that yeah. um our racing season has been cancelled the whole year yeah. is pretty much a wash so it's been interesting to see how um, how that how that looks with with training and how you know you have to keep yourself motivated somehow even though there's no there's no race to look forward to there's no, there's no sort of end result here like you're you're yes. just kind of running because you want to run yeah and uh, that's been interesting because I'm very goal driven yeah and have you know, Boston Marathon, you're running in April, you need to be ready at this and this date and do your best. Yeah. Well, I don't have that now. So, uh, you know, yeah, it, not for this year anyway. Yeah. 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 That's how I kind of got, got to where I am. It's, it was a gradual build and, mm -hmm. and the competitive edge sort of snuck in there and, and sort of, uh, planted itself in my head and then the head and the mind and the body and you know we're just it, it's 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 an all-encompassing thing for me now it's it's a it's like a spiritual kind of mm -hmm. portion of my life interesting what makes you use that word like when did that part start to kick in um I think right off the start, 
you know, it, it, running really has given me so many gifts. It, it, it's made me realize, you know, what my body can do. It, it's helped me get into a good space in my head. It's helped me, you know, see beautiful places and beautiful things. You know, a, a, a sunny day down a, a quiet trail in the forest mm. um, where you, all you hear is your, your heartbeat and your footsteps and your breath and, and you're surrounded by just beauty. I mean, it, it certainly can take you to a, another place, I think. Yes. And, yes, I agree. I think there's definitely, I mean, so many traditions, whether it's running or yoga or the breath is very connected to, um, you know, different states of mind, including transcendent states of mind. And just being present in the moment and, and appreciating yes. the moment that you're in. Yes. Yeah. Well, so how has it been? Um, are you running on just on the street then if there's no training place to do it or how are you maintaining? Your trail? I yeah, I do. I do everything. I do it all. I, you know, if some days I, I get out and I pound the pavement, some days I, I, uh, the, the, the trails are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I feel that nature really is, is healing. And I, I think it's, it's a place that brings you peace and, and uh, I don't know, it, it, it's quiet and uh, you know, that the pace, the pace doesn't matter so much. It's, it's the time spent um, in the run. So uh, there's certain pressures that are kind of off and, and it just gives you a chance to sort of disconnect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So has the culture around running seemed to change now that uh, we're dealing with the quarantines? Like, because I know there's all kinds of stuff going on with masks and no masks and people reacting. I'm wondering when you run by, you know, or amongst other runners, what, what's sort of the vibe? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's definitely, you know, had an impact. Um, a lot of people uh, join running groups yeah. Um, a lot of organized running groups that have disbanded for now, you know, yeah. we, we can't run in large groups. So, um, you know, there's, there's that little piece missing. Um, if, if you are sort of on a trail or, or on a, a road, you know, you, you sort of make sure you swing around if, if people are, are, uh, you know, walking or, or you're coming up to someone, you swing around. Some people do the masks. I personally don't. Um, but I tend to go either very early in the morning right now where there's not a lot of people outside anyways. Yeah. Um, or I pick quiet spots where I, I just know that, that, you know, it, I'm not going to come across many people. Yeah. And I think most serious runners do that as well. Okay. Yeah. It must be really hard to, to run with a mask on. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I've, I've seen people do it, but, but it's, yeah, it's not overly comfortable, although you really shouldn't be complaining about, about this kind of thing. It's a safety measure. And yeah, yeah I, I know. I, well, I find but that's it where we're all at. We're all grappling with the loss of a, like, you know, the loss of personal liberty or protecting people and anywhere in between where people are processing that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you train for, um, 
a marathon, let's say, compared to, you know, something shorter. Can you maybe take us through what things you would do or, or like a mental mindset for preparing for the long haul for something in general, you know, because a marathon is just a great example of that. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's a long haul. Yeah. <laughs> Especially off the start, you've done the hundred meters, and you think, "Oh man, only forty oh, yeah, really? two more kilometers." <laughs> oh yeah, it's um, yeah. there's there's definitely a mental toughness uh, that you need to to uh, train yourself for. Um, you know that it's it's it'll end, but it's going to hurt. You mm. need to continue you know one foot in front of the other it's you're gonna feel awful and you're gonna want to stop and you're gonna want to quit mm -hmm. but you know you 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 need to just soldier soldier on forward one foot in front of the other take a moment at a time yeah longer at a time and just do your best do your best and remember what you've put into it yeah and, um you know that the pain is temporary yeah it, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to hurt, but in the end, you, you'll, you'll have a satisfaction and you'll, you'll yeah. have, uh, you know, an appreciation for what you've, you've accomplished. Yeah. There's yeah, so it's many an amazing times. accomplishment. Can, can you think of what you might be telling yourself or coaching yourself mentally when you get to that place where it's like, Oh God, I don't want to do this. Why am I here? I'm running. <laughs> or like yeah. this moment, you know, what do you yeah. say to yourself that helps you keep going in that moment? Uh, well, you know, there's there, there's various things. Um, positive, positive talk for sure. Like you're strong enough. You've done this work. You've done the work. You've put, you've put in the hours, you've put in the miles, you can do it. And yeah. you've done it before. So you just, you just take that one extra step. Take, take as many steps as you need to, and then take one more and, and go yeah. from one aid station to the next. You know, I sometimes getting, breaking it into smaller sort of portions where you think, yeah. okay, get to 10 kilometers and have a drink and then continue on. And then you start off and you think, okay, I did 10 kilometers. Now I can get to the next 10 kilometers and you get to the next one. You think, wow, you know what? I've done it twice now. And I'm doing it. I mean, I have a drink here and then I'm going to, and I'm going to recharge and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to yeah. make it to the third, third, 10th kilometer break. And so if you break it into little portions, sometimes it helps because it's, it's a, um, it's a shorter time to get to your destination and, and you get there and you know, you, you've done it. So you think, well, I've done it once I can do it again. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the, the the thing for me is to try and keep yourself from unraveling, like to, to, to keep the con continuous positive um, mental talk, even yes. when it's hurting and even when you feel awful and you get that little twinge, like, well, maybe I should just stop because then the pain will go away. Yeah. You know, if it, it's hard to come back out of that once, once it unravels. Yes. So, the positive talk is, is huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point because with, with, uh, with anything, 
that's tough where you can't quite see an end or an end is not close in sight. Uh, you know, one thought can spiral down and you're, you're, you've lost control, if you will, or you've lost. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I'm just wondering, you, you must be thinking about parallels with running and, and a time like this as well. I'm curious what insights or parallels you've noticed. Um, with COVID. Yeah, with COVID. With, because we're at a point of, you know, like you, you said, when you're, out, you're fresh out of the gate, like 100 meters, woo. And then there's this wall where you can't maintain now you go into something else to, to keep it. And I think we've hit this um, threshold of like terror, you know, and everybody coped how they coped and then they got tired. Yeah. And I think we're in this weird space where it's like everyone wants to quit and give up on the run, but we, we can't yet. That's right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, you have to find a way to not sort of feel hopeless. Uh, yeah. I, I think um, where there's, there's hope, there's, there's strength. And, and uh, you know, we, we, can, we can survive this. Like we can, we, you can do it. And same with, with running a marathon. You know, you, you've, you start it and you, you know you can finish it. You've, you've put in the work and you've, you've, you've done what you needed to do and you know you can get through it and and it might not be pleasant it might not be great um but in in the end you'll you'll survive and um yeah you know covid's just uh there's a lot of of this mental aspect to it you know yeah. a, a lot of just staying kind of positive and and not getting unmotivated or um frustrated to the point where you just you know you unravel and yeah like perhaps marinating in too much news about it or um you know giving in to all kinds of spin or um yeah all kinds of stuff that can easily that's the harder part like you know if it was a parallel with the marathon you don't have people on the sidelines going oh it's a fake race you know yeah <laughs> well, exactly or you're like trying you're, to doubt and undermine you on the sidelines like we're getting with COVID. <laughs> right. You're doomed. You're doomed. It's yeah, only yeah. going to get worse. There's a second wave coming and it's going to be even worse than this one. You, the second half is going to be even worse. Yeah, for sure. Like it's how, how do you, yeah, climb out of that? It's, yeah. uh, it's hard. And I, I think, you know, with COVID, um, I've, I've noticed I've realized that, you know, people really need to find a way to disconnect from, from it, you know, to, to be able to go for a walk or just get outside or breathe, just yeah. sit and breathe and, and try and find this positivity, you know, try and find things that you're, you're grateful for. And that, that, you know, are, are, are still in your life, you know, your friends or, or music or, yeah. you know, a, um, a hobby that you maybe need to revisit or yoga or, or, or something like I, I think the, the social media has really um, been awful for, for uh, people, especially if you're sort of vulnerable to sort of, you know, a, a, a mental illness or, or, yeah. you know, depression or something. It's, it's really, really been tough. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then in the midst of this, we have, you know, 
Black Lives Matter and um, all this civil yeah. unrest. So it's just, it's, it's a very surreal time for Absolutely. people to know how to navigate it. And the only thing that I come up with or that I, I don't know, adopt is, um, well, you, you alluded to it earlier when we were talking, part of it is like setting goals and having like guideposts. So at least set yourself a goal for, for that week or for in the next three months or when this is done um, to look forward to and structure yourself around. And then a lot of it is sort of, you know, that proverbial taking life one day at a time uh, because so many things are changing and um, we don't know what it's all going to look like at the end, but it doesn't mean it'll be bad. That's right. It, it's, it's almost like we're overwhelmed with, you know, these feelings of un uncertainty and unpredictability where, you know, things are still sort of changing day to day and, but, but we're not sure where, where, where we're going to end up. It's like, we're kind of in the middle of the ocean and you can't really see the land. Yes. And, you're, you're waiting for that little, that little glimmer of, of hope and that, that little piece of land that, that's going to get you, you know, there, that, that's on the yes. horizon. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, uh, during the marathon, you might like coach yourself between, you said rest stops or watering stations or something. Mm -hmm. So like, what do you think that could look like for COVID for people? How would they sort of set up a from now until just just ideas out there you know yeah. to throw out there for well I don't know I personally I mean I think you, you touched on that as well sort of having having these smaller you know goals I mean find maybe something you might like learning a language or something yeah. um, maybe focus on on something um, that you can you can put your energy into day by day and maybe by the end of this month, I'd like to, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, learn how to knit a, a scarf. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that. Or maybe I'm going to learn some of the yoga poses. I'm going to go yeah. online. I'm going to learn some of the yoga poses or I'm going to bust out some of my old puzzles from, you know, 10 years ago because I love puzzling back then, but life got busy and, you know, whatever, I, I've, I've lost touch. So I'm going to pull my puzzles out and I'm going to do my puzzles. And maybe by the end of this week, I'll finish my puzzle and I'll start a new one. I think yeah. having kind of little, little goals and, and, you know, maybe finding ways to, to um, relax you and, and, uh, and give you something to look forward to uh, yeah. are, are important right now. Oh yes, totally, totally. I I found uh, at some point during April, I um, I was just able to settle my head enough to to do some of the decision making that had been on the back burner too. Like your your mind might be spinning around it, but you never quite get to the decision. And so it it's allowed me to to do that, and then it's allowed me to set some other goals that I I might not have gotten to actually if COVID didn't slow me down. Yeah. Or all the house cleaning that people are doing. I mean, was anybody going to do that if nobody forced us, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or start cooking instead of my eating own. out all the time? <laughs> right. Well, you know, it, my, uh, my youngest son is 15 and he, he decided to learn to play the guitar. Awesome. I mean, he, he said, 
he had always, his older brother plays and he'd always said that he really, he would like to learn and never really got around it. So, you know, that's kind of one, one positive thing that's come out of this. He sat and, you know, his brother helped him and, and uh, taught him some chords. And then he went on, on uh, YouTube and started, you know, branching out doing, you know, songs and, and so he's, right. he's learned to play and that's, that's what I'm kind of getting at with, you know, smaller goals or finding yes. something that, that brings you some joy. Yeah. And that allows you to dis a little bit from, from what's going on in, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny because until this happened, I, um, I didn't realize that I'd ever be grateful for being an introvert, you know? <laughs> I'm like, wow, I've actually already learned how to be alone and be quite fine. Um, doesn't mean I don't love people, but staying home for prolonged periods of time really didn't bother me. And I had already developed a lot of social networks online. Mm -hmm. um, and I know how to use my, my time and I've got plenty of hobbies and backburn, you know, so I find a lot of the sensitive introverty type people are actually enjoying sides of COVID. Like they, they're happier working at home. Um, they're happier not driving and commuting. Um, but it, it's a lot harder for the extroverts or people that were relying on their jobs to structure their goals for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, um, yeah, no, there's many things I'm sort of grateful for. And, and even on the social side, or like you said, I learning guitar. I mean, when we grew up, we didn't have a constant social media. We had free time and freedom to, to be off grid. Our mothers didn't know where we were. We were down the road doing something or other. Um, right. Or we had time to develop hobbies and we had space to have big talks and get to closer to people. I don't, I don't know, you're a mom and I'm not, but it feels to me that the kids don't have the same kind of space that we had to develop that. And now maybe they get a chance. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, they do rely much more on, on their, you know, social networking and, and uh, connections through, through the uh, internet and, and so various social medias and things. And uh, I, I think it is, it's, it's good in a way because they, they've been able to remain in contact with, with friends and with people who, who uh, you know, mean a lot to them and, and they have commonality with and stuff. Um, but, as, but I also think that um, it, it kind of allows them to, to reflect a little on, yeah. on uh, you know, what, what their world is. Yeah. You know, and, and that there is another kind of world out there yeah that isn't isn't all texting and isn't all video games and and uh and that sort of thing yeah i mean i've seen locally in our village a lot more kids um playing on the sidewalks together again you know and um oh, they're talking about bringing in drive-in movie theaters again and i mean there's this yeah. sort of weird hearkening back to another another era that a, a simpler time yeah which yeah that you know that makes me feel a bit nostalgic I, I sort of like that I think we could use a bit of that we were all sort of on a upward spinning forward active active for what 
kind of for so many years. Um, and I, I think a chance to go within and like you said, see another side of life, like mm -hmm. such an eye opener just to come back to your own kitchen for most people too. Definitely. Were you uh, always cooking or were you guys eating out a lot? Uh, my husband likes to cook. I'm, I'm pretty oh. lucky. I, I do the, cleaning. <laughs> I do the cleaning. He does the cooking. So um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm, I'm spoiled that way for sure. <laughs> so not a big um, change in your lifestyle with food because of this? No, not really. No, okay. no, not really. Okay. Um, I was going to just point out another sort of tidbit about what I noticed with my, my, yeah. uh, my oldest son. Um, you know, our, our dogs are very lucky right now because they're being walked more than they've ever been walked in their lives. Mm. They go four and five walks a day because the kids are home and <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's, that's great too so but you know uh also with that you know my my son would come home and say oh you know what mom I you know I actually noticed uh you know this this new uh plant down at the end of the end of the street at the you know neighbor's house I've never noticed that plant before I said oh really well he goes yeah it was kind of nice I, I went up and I saw all the really nice colors in the flowers and and uh you know he said I, I I'm pretty sure there wasn't a there wasn't a plant there before and you know it kind of made me made me feel good thinking oh you know he's out there and he's noticing sort of things that he's not noticed before his yes. head was down and he was on his phone or it, you know rushing to get to one place or another but yes in the time that he's slowed down now and and sort of been able to observe what's around him yeah. um you know he's seen some some beauty that that maybe he didn't notice before yeah that's lovely that's like it's mindfulness in action right we just um yeah yeah when you slow down you you see like you said all these details that probably always there just whizzed by you know the sky, like a lot of people were talking about, we weren't sure whether we're just noticing it more or whether it's just that there's no airplanes. Um, but the sky, the color is different than it, you know, it's clearer. And just the joy that people have seeing all these animals coming back to their habitats or like, mm -hmm. you know, so there, there's a lot of um, lovely rebalancing it's us it's us humans that are having a hard time with uh yeah. you know but i don't blame anybody we were we were sort of given this propaganda of bigger better more for like 20 years at least you know Absolutely. and everybody's just been doing that and living as if they should have mm -hmm. everything any second of the day and um despite all the climate change uh, or whoever's warning us the but and now, I mean, it happened this way for us to stop and pull back and think and rebalance things. So I sort of hope that we shift into a, a phase that's not out of fear or limbo and into a how do we build what we want in the future phase, you know? Yeah, that's right. And, and sort of um, connect with your fellow man, like connect connect with people again and, and and I don't mean you know text them or whatever but yeah. when you're out you know step aside say hello you know uh, a pleasantry that that was kind of missing yeah 
Do you find that's happened more in your, your neighborhood? Absolutely. Like, yeah, you know, your Absolutely. neighbor's better now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Even if it's from two meters away, you know, yeah. I, I, maybe before I would have walked by and not said anything, but this time, you know, we, we stop and we, we say hello. And how, how are you, how are you doing? Like, how, yes. are you good? Like, can I do anything for you? Can I yes. help you in any way? Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of that. It's wonderful. Like, yeah, that warms my heart, the community aspect of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, I already felt really lucky in, in the community I live in that the village is very much that way anyway, but it's, it's emphasized it more during, during this. And so um, the day that the news broke, you know, um, a friend, uh, yeah, it wasn't super close, but I'd see her every so often and liked her a lot. But out of the blue, she says, if you need anything, you know, uh, supplies, like I'll take you. And I was just so warmed by that, you know, somebody thought of me right away. And then uh, she offered to loan me her car, which has just been a godsend. Um, mm -hmm. To be able to, to feel safe at the, not so much now, it's all right, but at the beginning, to feel safe to go get your supplies at a place you feel comfortable with a car instead yeah. of braving public transit, which was just, no, not gonna. Um, and just her trust, you know, mm -hmm. uh, is a real gift. And, and I've seen a lot more people on their front lawns congregating and uh, sharing and offering. And that's just, you know, I think we needed that uh, beyond um, eating out at more restaurants or whatever. More, more than we, more than we, we know for sure. Yeah. It, it kind of restore. It's restoring your faith in in humanity. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not like we're we're trying to race each other and be better than the next guy or have more or or um, you know. It, it's it's like we're we're trying to help each other and, yeah. and lift each other. Yeah. And I, I think that's some of the, the grind that we're seeing, you know, in society now too, is like, there's people like that are feeling and talking like you and I, and then there's people that, and again, it's no blaming them, but there's just been so much propaganda to be sort of me, myself and I, and my stuff and what I, and my, and, and a lot of isolation over the years too, because of that. And I think there's a, when people get mad on the sidewalk about somebody not respecting social distance, you know, I'm of two minds because on one hand, right, we all feel threatened by their lack of consciousness or regard, but they can't always be 100% blame for that. They've been trained to be just thinking of themselves and deny everybody else uh, for years and years. It's a huge shift to be suddenly physically aware, oh, it's not just me in my bu personal bubble, there's other people, or oh, geez, my, right. I do affects other people Absolutely. in a real way. You can't just shut everyone out. And, and I think there's a profound societal shift on that level that I don't think is bad. I know it's hard, but I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, do you see that? Like, have you seen anybody come out of their shell or be a little more like, ooh, there's other people around or like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I, I you know, I, I, I'm a real people person and a, yeah, a, a I know. <laughs> watcher 
and stuff. So I, I've, I've always kind of been fascinated by, by sort of human connections and, and relationships and, and how we, and how we, you know, are with our fellow person. And, and as, as awful as, as some of this is, I, I really noticed that, you know, the positive aspects like you're, you're mentioning as well. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my parents are, are older, but they, they still live at home and they, they um, are, are independent. But I'm telling you, I've never seen the neighbors come together like they have and just mm -hmm. take them under their wing and check in on them. I, I don't live that close, so I can't, I can't, I'm not always able to check in on my parents, but I'm 100% confident that my neighbors are all looking after them and checking That's in wonderful. and bringing them food and, and seeing if they need wow. things. And yeah, it's, it's been very comforting. And, and oh, again, yeah. those, you know, kind of a, a, a new faith in, in humanity and, and, and how we treat our, our fellow, fellow man. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm happy mm -hmm. to hear that. Yeah. It's, it's the elderly that I feel the, you know, the most sympathy for when they're in um, homes or hospitals and can't be visited by anybody. Yeah, it must be awful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's been more like you. It's been more a restoring faith in humanity phase. Yeah. So, uh, you know, some people will look at us and say, oh, these two are Pollyannas and whatever, but I, I don't care. <laughs> Like we, we need either. somebody maintaining a positive outlook on how this, because I think it's this, this kind of outlook that gets you through the marathon, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, the positive mindset is, is what you need. You, you, uh, you train your body, but it's in the end, it's, it's your mind that, that gets you there. Yes. Yes, it is. It's all starts in the mind. I find anything. Yeah. yeah it starts absolutely. with those thoughts. Yeah. So like, um, before we wrap up, maybe if you would, uh, share maybe some of your goals, uh, or some of your hopes for this period of time. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, to be honest, I, I wish uh, good things for my children. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I really just want them to to be happy and not not see uh, this as a as some kind of collapse for them. Um, mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's probably my biggest goal. Like, I I, I just want to see them. Uh, you know, continue to flourish and, you know, be, be happy and positive people and yeah. mentally strong, mentally healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the world will figure itself out. There's, there's more good in the world than bad. I really believe that. And I, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all get through this. Um, I, I think we just need to help each other in any way and, and, um, you know, stay, stay positive and, and, and be gracious and, and respectful. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, the money and the career and the, you know, I, I, I get that some people do struggle and, and there's hard times, but, um, I, I really, really believe that, 
that positive thinking and um, and helping each other is what's going to get us through this. Yeah, yeah, very well said. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your insight today, and uh, I wish you a happy summer. Uh, I'm not sure if you're going through the heat wave that we are, probably. We and, are. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's another one with Marathon Mind. It's like, okay, real slow, take some water. That's Don't right. have to do this today. Don't have to do this fast. That's right. That's right. It doesn't matter how fast you go some days. It's, it's about the journey. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no uh, finish line for, for this heat wave or for like marathons are unique that way. There's a start and a finish. It's very clearly delineated. You run that way, you finish it. You know, life is not like that. So you can extend your goalposts, you know, That's right. <laughs> and, and pace That's yourself, right. right? That's right. And sometimes <laughs> the pace is slow. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's, you feel better. Sometimes you don't, but you just keep going. Yep. Yep. Is that your dog? Yes. Agreeing. <laughs> just agreeing there at the end. <laughs> yes. I know. I, I, <laughs> I've closed the room so he can't get in to see me and he's getting <laughs> upset now. <laughs> All right. Well, it was lovely to talk to you again and uh, maybe we'll bring you back one day if you like. Oh, I, I'd really love that, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been a real pleasure and a real treat for me. And I wish you all the best and happiness and, and health and being safe and positive. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. You as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're listening to Mixed Vibes Radio, sponsored in part by the Thrift Shops for Nova. The Thrift Shops for Nova have four locations on the West Island. 43 Sweet 3 Rue St. Anne, St. Anne de Bellevue, Quebec, Canada. 2750 St. Charles in Kirkland, Quebec, Canada. Plaza Point Claire, 269 St. John Boulevard, Point Claire, Quebec, Canada. And... 449 Beaconsfield Boulevard in Beau Repair Village, Quebec, Canada. MontrealPrinting.com. Check out their website. Free shipping on all orders for all your printing needs. Restaurant Bazil, 74 Rue St. Anne, St. Anne de Bellevue, Quebec, Canada. For the best in Canadian and Greek food. And Resto Bar Phoenix, 72 Rue St. Anne, St. Anne de Bellevue, Quebec, Canada great place to catch the game and chill out on their terrace. Sleek styled steel tattoo body art and piercing for that unique one of a kind look you want. With two locations 1841 D Boulevard St. Catharines in downtown Montreal and 43 Rue St. Anne in St. Anne de Bellevue. Our tattoo consultants work directly with you in creating your personalized unique body art whether it fits from one of our many available designs or one you bring into us. Your tattoo experience is a unique creation for you. Our piercing technicians always ensure clean, precise, professional, safe piercings. We have a wide variety of accessories to choose from. So why wait? Make an appointment. Call us at 514-842-8999 for our downtown location and 514-457-4277 for our St. Anne's location. Or check us out on our Facebook page at Slick Style Steel. You can also contact us on our website at www.slickstylesteel.com. 
See you soon. After a night out with your friends, there are always options for getting home safely. You could call your BFF, your mom or dad, whoever you can count on for a safe ride home. You could call your favorite cab company or one triple eight taxi guy, or you could use the Arrival Live smartphone app to help you choose your ride. Be it a friend, transit, or taxi, getting home safely is app easy. Now available for iOS and Android devices. Visit arrivealive.org to find out more. Arrive alive. Drive sober. What's up, everyone? This is Norman Freed. Catch my show outside the norm every Saturday night between seven and nine for the best in rock, punk, alternative, metal, and everything in between on MixedRadio.com. See you then. The Outside the Norm Show with host Norman Mark Freed airs every Saturday evening from seven to nine p.m. right here on MixedRadio.com. For the best in pop, rock, oldies, and so much more, MixedVibesRadio.com is the place to be every Thursday, Friday, and Sunday night with your host, DJ Animal, from 8 to 10 p.m. Parental discretion is advised. The broadcast and chat room of Mixed Vibes Radio may contain adult content and may not be suitable for young children. The views and opinions of show hosts and guests do not necessarily represent those of Mixed Vibes Radio, its sponsors, affiliates, or staff. Welcome to Mixed Vibes Radio. Turn it up. MixedVibesRadio.com, the place to be for your rock, classic rock, pop, oldies, music, it's 24-7. Tune us in for all the fun. Cause I'm still awake Can you help me unravel My latest mistake I don't love him Winter just wasn't my season Yeah, we walk through the door So accusing their eyes Like they have any right at all To criticize hypocrites You're all here for the very same reason Cause you can't jump the track We're like cars on a cable And life's like an hourglass Glued to the table No one can find the rewind button, girl So cradle your head in your hands Well, 
still awake writing a song If I get it all down on paper It's no longer inside of me Threatening the life it belongs to And I feel like I'm naked in front of the crowd Cause these words are my diary Screaming out loud And I know that you'll use them However you want to But you can't jump the track We're like cars on a cable And a life's like an hourglass Glued to the table No one can find the rewind But now it's saying Welcome back to the River Rain Show. We had a lovely interview uh, with Val Georgiev Hobson and a very uplifting interview, I'd have to say as well, ending on a high note about um, some of the positive things that have come out of the COVID time as well. And um, I wanted to, you know, touch upon a couple of things that she mentioned that we'll follow through on a little bit before we get into the second part of the show on um, compassion fatigue in general. And that is, uh, you know, what she said basically in, in terms of goals, accomplishments, and discipline. And um, anything that we do where there is a long-term goal, um, you know, whether it's a clear finish line like a race uh, isn't very obvious in, in life or a clear end goal, you know, with COVID, is that a vaccine, you know, or is that a way of being in public that is um, safe and clean until then? You know, we don't really know what our end goal is, and yet we can still set some personal goals along the way you know I know a lot of people will feel like they're just waiting for it to be over but there's a lot of things that come up in life on our plate that we don't have control over and they're not going away anytime soon and we have to slowly accept and adjust to a new way of being and we can't always be in this state of oh waiting for it to be over you know um, it's human to do that of course but it's also sort of a, you know, like a, let's say a more young kind of mindset to have. If you want to have, a, a, let's say, a more mature mindset towards it, you sort of have to accept that we're not waiting for something to be over or to go back to what it was. It's already something else. It's something new already. And we're building 
and envisioning and adapting based on a change that's happening to us in our lives. And the sooner that we can sort of accept that there's no, you know, waiting or pause button and then things go back to exactly how they were. No, something's on your, on your life path and now you adapt and now you live through the next thing and now you integrate something else that's new or you grow into or out of something in your life or a side of yourself. So this idea of setting goals is super important, I think, during this time. And as she mentioned, you know, it could be anything from learning a language to picking up a guitar. Um, it depends on what your goals are. If you set yourself up for, well, I want to go on a cruise ship next, next uh, winter, um, you might be setting yourself up for a major disappointment. Try to think of goals that motivate you and that take some time and some self-discipline to achieve um, and that don't depend on the virus going away or changing. Try to pick something you'll be able to do regardless and a lot of that is going to come down to um, anything to do with your own self-improvement. So I found this great quote um, and it's a guy named Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, or Ron, Rohn. And it just says, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. So the accomplishment here in terms of COVID-19 is we return to a safe virus-free society and way of living, even if it looks different than it used to. The, the goals might be, you know, different in every area and different countries, different cities. But for now, let's say, for example, Quebec has now just announced that as of Saturday, it will be mandatory to wear a mask in indoor spaces. So that would be on the goals. Can we achieve everybody wearing a mask, you know? And the discipline side is all of us taking the time to make or buy or get a mask, to wash it, you know, to have your hand sanitizer, to remember to wash your hands, to remember to stop touching your face as much. All of those habits that come into play so that um, we are as clean and safe as possible. That's the discipline. Now, the goal uh, or accomplishment, let's say, um, if you wanted to play guitar, would be, I want to be able to play Stairway to Heaven or something. Um, the accomplishment is playing it in, maybe in front of another person um, that you're shy of or just in front of people in general, you know, performing it. That would be an accomplishment, right? The goal is to learn the song and the discipline is to learn your chords, warm up your hands and practice, practice, practice the song until you get it right. And um, there's joy in, in discipline towards things that you're working for 
if you are motivated by your goals or you're motivated by the accomplishment that it'll bring. So I'd like you to think about that um, as we go into the next section of, of the show, which we're going to talk about, you know, the, the compassion fatigue, the, you know, the adrenal fatigue, tired of, tired of being scared, tired of being worried, tired of thinking about the long term or thinking about anything at all or problems, trying, tired of, right, the side of us that just wants to run away, the side of us that's exhausted from um, trying to wrap our minds around something that we don't have uh, so much control over. So we're going to talk about that in the next part of the show, but I think the, um, the really important note of, of the interview and um, of what we can take out of any of this, and I'll reiterate it after the compassion fatigue stuff, is really going to be this quote about If you can try to think about what would be a meaningful accomplishment for you and to think about something that could take you a few months would be great because you'll be motivating yourself and adapting your lifestyle and bringing in something new to your life that could be a little bit uh, longer and therefore the rewards and the accomplishment is more like the marathon than the sprint. And it might help you with coping with some of the rest of the unknowns to at least feel like I'm choosing this goal. I want to accomplish that. I have control over that, so I will do it. Instead of being in fear and worry and anticipation of something very broad and global that you don't have control. You know, this is an excellent way of handling uh, uncertainty in general. Alright, so the next thing I'm going to talk about here is um, compassion fatigue. I'm going to first play you another great tune and then we're going to come back with a great TED talk on this subject. This is a song called Middle Distance Runner by Seawolf. Overwhelmed? Are you exhausted? Depressed? Are you anxious for all the wrong reasons? Do you suddenly burst into tears for absolutely no reason? Do I sound like a TV commercial for an antidepressant? <laughs> well, I'm not. This is what happens when giving is no longer living. I mean, have you been asking yourself, what is the matter with me? Why do I feel so awful? I have a great life. I have a fabulous job. I'm very, very, very busy. I have tons of friends. My family is awesome. Why do I keep complaining? Well, I want you to complain louder. All these feelings are totally okay. And I can promise you, you are not alone. In fact, 
If you are taking care of someone, it's actually quite normal. These feelings are the cost of caring for others, the cost of losing yourself in who you're being for everyone else. And these feelings have a name, compassion fatigue. Yes, it's very real, and no, it isn't when you're tired of being nice. <laughs> compassion fatigue is a dark, insidious syndrome that creeps up on you. You don't know what it is, you don't know you have it, you just know something is very wrong, and you don't feel like you anymore. Compassion fatigue was discovered in 1992 by Dr. Charles Figley, professor in disaster mental health of Tulane University. Now, Dr. Figley defines compassion fatigue as the emotional and physical burden created by caring for others in distress. It can also be known as secondary vicarious stress disorder, which is comparable to PTSD. But if you have compassion fatigue, you don't have PTSD, but you do start to take on some of the symptoms as if they were your own. Now, back then, Dr. Figley was primarily referring to ER nurses, firefighters, EMS workers, pretty much everyone in the professional business of caring. So as I was digging deeper into my research, I started to realize that a lot of these symptoms was really starting to feel uncomfortably familiar. Symptom number one, irritated and frustrated most of the time. Check. Symptom number two, feeling absolutely worthless and terribly sad. Check. Symptom number three, isolating yourself and disconnecting from everyone around you, including your own family. Nothing makes sense anymore. Double check. But, but, but hang on, hang on, hang on. This didn't make sense. I'm not an ER nurse. I'm not a firefighter. I don't look after somebody with PTSD, and I don't deal with trauma every day. So remember Dr. Figley, who discovered compassion fatigue? Well, I called him. And that's when the light bulb went off. We are all potentially vulnerable to compassion fatigue. You don't have to be in the professional business of caring. You just have to be caring. Did you know that a third of Americans are currently providing long-term care to a loved one in their home that's 108 million people potentially suffering from compassion fatigue in silence. So let me ask you, are you looking after an elderly parent, spouse, loved one in your home, and it's taken over your life? Their needs come first. Their survival is more important than yours. You can't afford to put them in a nursing home, and you can't afford in-home care. You're the one administering medical attention without any medical training whatsoever. You're the one cooking, cleaning, carrying, and potentially, possibly, dealing with a very serious mental illness like Alzheimer's. You're the one, because their life is in your hands. Maybe you're a working parent, and you work long hours, 
and you come home and you are exhausted. Now you have to be a parent. You have to cook dinner, do the laundry. Oh, and let's not forget baseball practice, basketball practice, soccer practice, band practice, and just the general business of keeping the kids alive. <laughs> right? You're the one because their life is in your hands. My own compassion fatigue credentials started when I was 14. My father died when I was 10. I was an only child. And for the next 50 years, I was emotionally shackled to my mother, a woman in perfect health. But her demands were my orders. I left school at 15. We'd run out of money. We got evicted. I found us somewhere to live. I forged my birth certificate to go and work at the Playboy Club. Oh yeah, I was illegal, but mother didn't notice or care. It was my duty to save us. You see, I didn't know. I was slowly suffocating under this crushing burden of keeping us alive. Yes, Yes, her survival was more important than mine, but I did that. I chose that because I was so afraid of her. Why? Because she could emotionally hurt me, wound me. Frequently, she would look me straight in the eye, and she would say, you know, everything and everyone I have ever loved is dead. Clearly, I was her lifeline, not her loved one. The poet Maya Angelou says, never make someone a priority when all you are to them is an option. Eventually, I ran away here to the US. I put 5,000 miles between us. Nevertheless, for the six years before she died, every Sunday, 2 p.m. sharp, she would call, and no matter where I was in the country, I would do her grocery shopping online to a store two blocks from where she lived in London. Four years ago, I got the email. Dear Mrs. Watt, this is Mr. Ernest Cook from the Camden Council Mortuary in London. We have your mother in the fridge. What would you like us to do? Yeah, I laughed too. It was, <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. And I felt nothing. And I didn't care. Was I a bad person? No. I was done. My compassion cup was empty and I was well into burnout, which at this point, most people get prescribed antidepressants, which makes just everything worse. Because here's the deceitful twist of this syndrome. You think you have depression, but you have compassion fatigue. Now, does any of this sound familiar? For those of you out there nodding your heads in silence, let me just offer you this question. 
And this is a question I would like you to consider. Ask yourself, what is the most important thing in your life? You're going to say your children, your family, maybe your career so you can provide for your family, and all of that is the wrong answer. What if I told you the right answer was, I am the most important thing in my life, me. X. <laughs> can you just imagine saying that? The judgment, the astonishment, the amazement of people at your selfishness. Oh gosh, people might not like you anymore. But here's why it's critical. If you can't take care of your own happiness first, how on earth can you take care of anyone else's? If you can't love yourself first, how can you give love to anyone or anything? If you can't live in gratitude and joy, how can you bring fulfillment and joy to anyone else? If I could have seen back then if I could have seen what I was doing to myself, if I could have seen my mother for who she was, if I could have seen that I was the option, not the priority, I would have said, stop, be brave, put yourself first, take care of this person first. I would have said, go and live that dream. No one's going to do it for you, and quite frankly, no one will really care if you don't. I would have said learn to say no, because helping shouldn't hurt. So now I would like to invite you to just take a moment and refill your cup. Maybe start with something small, a moment of peace. This is mine. He soothes my soul. He brings me back to who I am. What's yours? And I would like to leave you with this. Compassion fatigue is so very, very real, but it is not hopeless. And most of all, you are not alone. Thank you.
So we're back, and uh, sorry for some of these weird pauses and delays. I'm having some tech issues on this end, so that's why. Um, but I'm back, and I hope you enjoyed that talk on compassion fatigue. I really did. I thought it was really well, really well said, and I think it's important to get clear on right now because. You know, and you may be wondering why the hell is she bringing this up as well as a marathon and goals and all this. I really feel there's a deep connection. Because um, just as Val said in her interview, you know, she's a trained runner and still 100 meters in, she's sometimes her first thought is like, oh, bloody hell, I'm tired. How am I? And there's 42 kilometers left. You know, we all, um, when, when, when humans are scared, uh, we have various responses to that, you know, um, and we were in that from middle of March until maybe at least the end of April. And that's sort of that first hundred meters. That was the sprint. That was the, uh, time when some people were making sourdough bread like crazy. That was the time when some people were exercising at home, that was when everyone cleaned their entire closet and wardrobe and drawers. Or that was when everybody just crashed, crashed into depression or binge watched everything that there was to watch on Netflix. 
It was the time when you were sprinting and running for your life and coping on some level. And then as we started to reopen and all of these questions came to be and we sort of start to wrap our head around something or we, we start to adapt to it, but now we're in the marathon and I wanted to bring up compassion fatigue because um, I think it would be pretty normal to have compassion fatigue even from keeping up with all the news and from keeping up with everything going on in all your friends' lives and all of, all of their friends' lives, you know, that all the stories, all the people, all the situations and uh, whether it's illness or fear of income or moving around apartments or um, can't get across a border or, uh, you know, separated from uh, loved ones or not even able to date or hug somebody you love or visit somebody because of COVID. I think there's an enormous amount of compassion fatigue right now and burnout or adrenal overload. And so I wanted to bring it up because I think it's important to recognize what some of the symptoms are and to, to realize if you're in this for the marathon, um, you're coming up on that first water station that she mentioned. You're coming up on that first stopping point where you can take a drink before you got to keep running. And I think it's important to recognize where you're at in your, in your process because you, now's the time to, to turn inward and say, am I taking care of myself well enough here? Do I have enough tools, supplies, mentally, physically, emotionally, in my kitchen <laughs> or not, to keep going for the long haul? Like whatever you're doing now, in your life, you have to ask yourself, you know, is this sustainable for me without getting completely burnt out and depressed? And if it isn't, then it's, it's time to really take a look at what you might need to do to adjust your life so that it is sustainable for the marathon. So let's take a look one more time at a list of uh, common symptoms of compassion fatigue. This is from a site called goodtherapy.org. Some of these things, of course, can, can be related to other things than compassion fatigue. However, if they've emerged in the last you know, few months before uh, COVID and during, then maybe you can say it's related to, to that. But you might have been feeling it from your life beforehand too. So it's saying chronic physical and emotional exhaustion, depersonalization. So that would be somebody who is having trouble uh, with this feeling real, you know? Feelings of inequity toward the therapeutic or caregiver relationship. Okay, well, this is based on caregivers. So feelings of inequity towards um, whoever you're being asked to care about. Irritability. Feelings of self-contempt. So being mad at yourself or hating yourself. Difficulty sleeping. So a lot of people with that. Um, weight loss or changes in your weight. Headaches. 
and poor job satisfaction. So it's saying, you know, it affects a wide range of people and caregivers, but it can also be common amongst anybody who works in a helping capacity. So therapists, obviously doctors, nurses, um, teachers could fall in there. Um, I would say right now, anybody who's in the front line, and that would be grocery stores, pharmacies, uh, city workers, anybody that is out there on the front line exposed to people during this time is in this position as well. And by default, if you are the partner of or the children of somebody who's in that position, you would get it also by default. And even if you're sitting there alone in your living room, and you work from home online and you're not part of the front line and you're not exposed, you are still exposed because the area you live in has people around that are that are in those positions. You're interacting with them. Uh, when you go get your, your groceries and supplies, you're, um, you're watching the news probably quite a bit. And so you can also be feeling it from even from all the people discussing and debating and putting up articles and conflicting opinions, even if you watch, if you're on Facebook all day. And I would also venture to say that an event like COVID fatigue, uh, COVID fatigue, COVID-19 can also just sort of be the cherry on top of the life you were already living. And to take a look at whether you have been accumulating some of these symptoms for a while now and right now is a great window of time where you can move a little slower than we used to and therefore maybe connect with yourself more honestly and, and say you know does this does this job really feel sustainable or was I pushing myself to exhaustion here you know um, does this relationship um, serve me really? Or am I emotionally, mentally exhausted from it? It's a time when we can readjust a lot of these things for that long haul, for that marathon. And um, it's a part of your self-care so that you can get to this place of the goal setting and the accomplishment. It's going to be very hard for you to set a goal and feel like you can accomplish it if you are emotionally burnt out or you were doing things or involved in things that are constantly making you weary. You know, your spirit is tired. That's a deep tired. It's not like a tired where, oh, a couple of nights sleep, catch it up, and I'll be fine, I'm good to go. When you're weary... Or your spirit is tired it's usually because you're involved in things or you're maintaining habits or relationships or dynamics or environments that aren't working for you for too long and you're uh, surviving them and and you will automatically get fatigued so if it's a time of re thinking your life, your lifestyle, your relationships, your activities, your work, your your lifestyle, your discipline. As you start to figure some of this out and make decisions, there's going to be a lot of letting go in a time like this. 
but it's going to make room for other beautiful things that will come to emerge in its place. And once you get to that, you're able to set some of these goals. And once you even set a small goal and you achieve it, the accomplishment is going to build your confidence and it's going to bring your energy back. It's going to bring your will, your drive, and your motivation, your inspiration back. And then you know that you have it in you to run the marathon to the end. I'll leave you off with a quote and then one last song of the night. This is Thomas Carlyle. Nothing builds self-esteem and self-confidence like accomplishment. Think of something, my friends, something that you can feel would be an accomplishment. And you will have helped yourself immensely. So I'm going to take you out on this little song another song from another great film another song where running is involved if any of you remember the the film I'm not going to mention it but you'll probably know all right take care take good care of yourself and uh, we'll see you again next week Searching for shelter again, again
Against the 